Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, it's conference championship weekend, man. Coming off of one of the hottest divisional matchup weekends you'll see in in quite some time. Um, obviously, we'll get to the, the news about it and all the talk and what have you. Um, yeah, it was a big weekend for the NFL last weekend, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was really great. Um, some really good games compared to a lot of a lot of blowouts in the wild card uh, weekend. So. Well, you know something, brother. There wasn't just uh, divisional football that went on. There was a lot of quite a bit of movement with the 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 big cheeses, if you will, that operate the sidelines for the NFL and their teams. Um, particularly one who moved from the University of Michigan back to his roots in San Diego. Uh, or well, I I mean, I, you can't I, you can't take you, you can't get me to say the Los Angeles Chargers. I can't do it. Always be San Diego to me, um, and certainly while he played quarterback there, and uh, when he was a University of San Diego head coach, had a lot of success in the Bay Area, even San Francisco. Trevor Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL, and he's the head coach of the LA Chargers of San Diego, um, a team that you know we said um, what would be a good fit for him, or Belichick considering that they wouldn't have to do too many moves. And, and realistically, Harbaugh's not going to run the front office, but he'll have an influence on who comes in. And uh, we both said L.A. was a pretty good fit for either guy. And um, here he is. Uh, they made the right call by hiring Jim Harbaugh to, to work with Justin Herbert. And, uh, well, some patchwork. There's, there's yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. There's there's some holes on that roster, and there's a lot of older guys that are moving on. I mentioned it last week, week four. What is your review of this hire for the L.A. Chargers of San Diego? Well, I, I mean, I think the, the fun part is, uh, is his uh, experience there as a, as a quarterback that, uh, you know, falls right in with our always calling it the best soap opera or the, uh, the best reality TV show. Um, it's uh, it's got to be exciting for Charger fans. Um, it might even be good enough. You know, there's... Uh, you know, uh, listeners may or may not know that I, I have family in the San Diego area and uh, spend a little time there every year. And there are a lot of Charger fans that are kind of still, uh, like, jaded with the move to L.A. and uh, reluctant to call themselves fans. If I was, If I was a once... Charger fan, this might be what it takes to get me to be a Charger fan again, um, because uh, it's exciting. You know, he, he he turned Michigan around, which is, I mean, I think it's a lot harder to turn around a major college program than it is an NFL team. Um, there's just a lot more standing in the way. You know, in the NFL, you have the draft, but uh, to turn around a, a college program like he did, that's very impressive. Um, and, uh, that roster, uh, they're getting older, but still a ton of potential there. And like I say, over and over on this podcast, they have the most important piece, uh, player personnel wise, and that's the quarterback. I believe in Justin Herbert. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for many years to come in this league. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, if if there's ever a time for 
uh, celebration when your team is not in the playoffs that are still playing out, uh, this would be it. This is this is a time for Charger fans to really get excited. Yeah. Um, boy, could you pick a better head coach candidate than Jim Harbaugh? 44-19 his career at the San Francisco 49ers. Won two national championships at the University of San Diego. Division 1A, AA, excuse me. Um, just came off winning a... <laughs> Just coming, to, I, I laugh because I'm going to get to this in a second, but just came off winning, um, you know, the national championship game at the college level and uh, basically left a grenade for the University of Michigan program, if you think about it. Just oh, right. freaking martyrdom the crap out of them. Just like, yeah, I'm going to go to the NFL. Like, good luck with that. It reminds me of that uh, in, in Batman, was it the third movie with Bane, right? And he's like, uh, and he, like, everybody's jumping out of the plane. Except for that one guy. Or is it the plane? I don't quite remember. But except for one guy and Bane holds him back and goes, uh, nope, not everybody can make it, brother. Like some somebody has to go down with the wreckage. You know? Oh, right, right. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. He just kind of left and, you know, left that guy, Cerrone, I can't remember, Cerrone, I think his name is, the head coach, defensive coordinator that cried for him last year because he oh, got right. suspended for four games. Oh, my God. Just stupid. But anyway, um, great, great hire. Um they're ready to win. Like you said, they got the most important piece that you can have for a team that's hiring a new head coach. And um, he's going to push them, and he's going to make some good you know, signings and pickups, and they're going to have a high pick, and they're going to hit the ground running, man. And if you're a Chargers fan, like, you should be really excited. My only concern is, you know, he only lasted, what, four years in San Francisco, three or four years. Um, and he got into it with the, the owner, and he basically got ousted. Because of that, I I would be a little concerned about his attitude and the way he sort of approaches some of the NFL game, you know? Coming out of college where everybody sort of was like holding him on a pedestal every year um, and going back to the NFL, I, I'm not sure it's going to be like a really easy transition for him, but I, I would be a little concerned. I think it's I think it's great. You should be excited, but I would have, a, you know? I just no, I, think given his I, history, there's a little bit of uh, trepidation for me to say this is like an all-time hire. So. Right. I, I definitely see where you're coming from because, uh, you know, him getting this job, I, I saw a lot of these uh, stats flying around social media and uh, with regards to his win percentage as a head coach with X number of, of uh, games. Um, and it was like, wow, uh, that's really good. I'm trying to remember how it ended for him in San Francisco uh, because it doesn't really add up. It's like if he was that good in the end, because I mean, they're really, I don't have it in front of me, but they were really good, like win percentage stats. And uh, it's like, well, if he was that good, why did he ever leave the NFL? Um, But like you said, it was uh, issues with ownership and front office. Um, So, you know, that would be the one area of concern to be cautiously optimistic is that uh, is that everything does go smoothly for him, uh, you know, picking up in uh, San Diego. Yeah, no question. Sorry, keep an eye on L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I didn't even acknowledge it. I was just like, that. yep, that's the right one. So um, <laughs> moving on, uh, the Atlanta Falcons hire – head coach Dave, uh, excuse me, the Carolina Panthers hire head coach Dave Canellis. Um, not a lot I know about him. I'm sure you, I don't know if you know a lot about him either, but um, offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay last year, first year, got 
the best year out of Baker Mayfield's career. Um, has been with quite a few teams, known for developing quarterbacks in 13 years as an assistant with uh, Pete Carroll. He developed Russell Wilson, um, Geno Smith, and here he is in the Buccaneers. Gets hired away to Carolina, and David Tepper gets another head coach in his his owner tenure, and uh, hopefully he can work with Bryce Young. What do you think of this quarterback whisperer, as he's been called? Well, I, I mean, if if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm not ready to celebrate until I see results. Uh, that's how rough it's been for them. Uh, and uh, But, you know, that being said, it feels like another pretty good move uh, because they are – uh, at this point, pretty committed to their to their quarterback, their young quarterback. Um, and I know he didn't dazzle like C.J. Stroud. It's almost unfair uh, to make that comparison because C.J. Stroud is the outlier. Um, it's very uncommon that somebody comes into this league at the quarterback position, starts as a true rookie, and finds success. You know, a lot of these guys that we – you would think did even someone like Jordan Love uh, was on. You know, this is fourth season in the NFL, first season as a starter. Um, so, so I feel like you need to give him time to uh, to figure out if if he is gonna uh, you know be the quarterback of the Panthers' future. Um, but bringing in a head coach that has a track record for getting a lot out of their quarterbacks, quarterback whisperer, like you said, um, it, uh, it feels like a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, I, and <clears throat> a guy that's done it with a bunch of different quarterbacks, you know, I think that's why right. I'm uh, optimistic. And, and this is what happens. I mean, the offensive coordinator has a good year. He gets hired away. That's what happens. So it's just another guy that's, that got propelled to a head coaching job and, it's probably worth it, and he's been in the league for a while. He's been under a lot of good tutelage and, and head coaching. Um, you know, considering he worked with Pete Carroll for that long, and he worked with um, Raheem Morris. Is he the one in? Do you want in Tampa? No, no, Bulls. Right? Isn't Bulls that? Yeah, Todd Bulls, the head right. coach in Tampa. Um, so he's he's got a lot of exposure to good head coaching, and he's been taught by probably the best, um, some of the best in the league. You know, and so. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, they had to hire somebody to work with, you know, Bryce Young. Good God knows it was probably the one of the worst, you know, rookie seasons or quarterback you'll ever see. I mean, it was, it was real bad. <laughs> and they don't have any of their first round picks. So they can't like really add to like the cabinet of any weapons. They'll have a lot of money this year, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, a, I think it's a good hire. I like it. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans hiring Brian Callahan. Um, you might know his dad. Trevor, he was head coach of the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, Bill Callahan. Oh, yeah, right? good old yep. Bill Callahan, yeah. Yep, your, your boy. Um, most recently, Bengals OC from 2019 to 2023. And look, man, if you got Joe Burrow as your quarterback and your OC there, I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a head coaching job. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, right. it's just the way right. it's going to be because you're going to look awesome. And, and not to say he didn't do a bad job. He, I'm sure he did fine. But he goes to Tennessee. Um, tough nose team got getting out of, uh, Mike Brable's shadow and a lot of different pieces moving on there. And what do we think of old Brian Callahan here taking over in Tennessee? Well, I, I think, uh, 
I think one of the things that probably helped him get this position was the way they handled uh, losing Joe Burrow. Uh, because, man, uh, I did not expect the Bengals to finish with a winning record. It was a really tough division, so they still finished last place, uh, but still went 9-8 and eight without their starting quarterback uh, for most of the season. Um, that sort of thing is pretty impressive. I, I mean, I'm a big... <laughs> Uh, big fan of, of of coaching staffs that can can you know really overcome that sort of adversity. And I mean, the more you watch this league, the more you see teams. Every team deals with that every year. But when it's the quarterback, that is the toughest one to to deal with. Um, so I think the uh, the mileage, the success that that he was able to get out of Browning. And uh, and still be in contention for the playoffs as late in the season as they were, um, I think that uh, definitely uh, boosted his profile in the head coaching search. Um, and and he's you know it's he, not like he just got there. He was part of that really successful uh, Bengals team last year that went to the AFC Championship. Um, so uh, again, these are pretty pretty smart hires, I think. Yeah, likewise. I think I think this is a good hire. And um, anytime I've already mentioned in the show before, so I won't go into it very, you know, much. But I think anytime you can put an offensive guy in a system, um, you're going to draft a quarterback. Hypothetically, you know, this is a good thing to develop. You need an offensive guy that's known for developing quarterbacks, and he's worked with Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford. So he's developed uh, quite a few quarterbacks, some pretty good ones. Peyton Manning's, you know, probably the worst one out of the crew. But um, <laughs> that was a joke. Ha ha ha. So, uh, moving on. Last one. The uh, Atlanta Falcons hire Rahi Morris as their uh, head coach after interviewing Steve, uh, Steve Belichick, geez, Bill Belichick, quite a few times and uh, unwilling to give up the front, office and, the front office and the head coaching position to him. And so here they are. They pluck Rahi Morris. He gets another head coaching position. What, 14 years after he had the one in uh, Tampa Bay, the youngest head coach ever. And... Um, you know, returns back to Atlanta after being interim head coach of 2020. Um, kind of a head-scratcher here for me. I mean, you got, what, one, two, three, about four four guys who are, um, who are you know, young offensive players. You hope to stick them, you know, stick those guys and Desmond Ritter with an offensive head coach so you can have them all develop the way they should be. But maybe they're just gun-shy because they had Arthur Smith in there. And, you know, I mean – RB2s and wide receiver threes do pretty well in his offense. So instead, you get a guy you know and um, who knows the division. And, I mean, you know, I, apparently he's a good head coach. That, that's what I've heard. The, the players really like him. So what do you think of this Raheem Morris hire? Uh, I, you know, I like it. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, we do look at this league as the ultimate soap opera. So sometimes it's hard to forget or so it's hard to remember that, that the decisions we're talking about with head coaches at this level, it is very much a business decision not to be taken personally. Uh, so him coming back to this team after being a former interim, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like this, you know, this could be a really, I'm, I'm struggling for the adjective here. It, it, I, I get a good feeling about it because 
uh, you know, Atlanta just definitely saying, you know, we screwed up with Arthur Smith. Um, who's available and of the people available, somebody that you know, uh, somebody that, like you said, the players love, um, and somebody who's, who's had, uh, you know, some success away from the organization. You know, he had a good year with the Rams. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this one, it's, this one's exciting. Um, cause it's another young guy and, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly how old he is. I'm just looking at his photo here. He's a young looking guy. Um, but, uh, I really do feel like, like the Falcons are kind of the sneaky, good coaching option here. And I kind of talked about this a little bit in recent weeks. Um, they don't have that all important piece locked in and figured out. I'm talking about starting quarterback, but that feels like that's almost all that they're missing. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of teams feel that way. Uh, I live in the Denver area. They've felt that way for the last seven or eight years. Um, and, uh, and it's not always the case. Sometimes you bring in Russell Wilson and you still stink. Um, but, uh, but man, I, I feel like this, this team has got so many young players with so much potential at the skill positions, um, that, uh, it's a real opportunity, uh, for, for Raheem. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. It's also, you know, I, I do think the Buccaneers had a great year this year. Um, but man, that, that, that roster is headed towards some turnover. That's a topic for another discussion. Um, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I still feel that the NFC South is wide open. Uh, you could, I, I could see the, the Falcons or even the Panthers, winning the division next season. It's, it's that wide open. Um, I know the saints played some good games, played tough. They played some physical football there, but there's, there's nothing in my opinion in that division that says like, Oh, it's, it's definitely going to belong to the Buccaneers again next year. Or, you know, Oh, the Panthers couldn't possibly go from worst to first in that division. They absolutely could. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, you know, new coach, uh, it's it's an exciting thing to keep an eye on, especially with guys like uh, B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts, uh, and the list goes on from there. So, yeah, it, uh, if, if you're a Falcon fan, man, they, I, I feel like it doesn't get discussed enough. They were almost like, uh, like last year's Vikings in terms of how many close games they were in. They just weren't winning all of them. Um, they played some real close games, and at times the defense looked pretty dang good. Uh, maybe not end-of-year statistics, but um, oh, where's my going with this? This, uh, this team, uh, oh yeah, if, if you're a Falcons fan, you probably felt a little short-changed on this season. You could have done a lot. You, it would have taken a little bit for them to do a lot better than they did. So getting a new head coach, it's uh, it's easy, I would think, for, for them to be optimistic about next season. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. I, I don't, you know, um, I get, I get all the reasons you said. I just, I look at it at like, um, I just feel like they need an offensive guy to come into the system. So, um, you know, Ryan Morris is probably a great coach. I think Jalen Ramsey came out and tweeted his, his uh, approval of the, the hire. And um, that's great. I uh, just thought they needed an offensive guy for the system, especially with the division to eventually. I mean, it's not a great division. It's wide open. You know, I mean, Tampa won this year with a 9-8 and eight record. Uh, they surely, I, I don't think, will get any better than 9-8. and eight, You know, and like Carolina's getting an offensive guy that's going to work with Bryce Young. Um, New Orleans is where they're, where they're at. I just thought, you know, you get an offensive guy in there, you take advantage of a lot of this young talent, and you don't have to worry about it. You know, you got some good pieces on defense. You just draft there, fill them up, get a quarterback, Kirk Cousins maybe. You know, heard he wants to be in Atlanta. And there you go, <laughs> you know. That's, I mean, and then you solve it. And then you get you get a 10-7 and team, an 11-6, and you lose a divisional round next year. <laughs> right, so that's, right. And then, you know, uh, and then somebody it. can poach your offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, the, yep. The, the the NFL circle continues to carry on, man. They, you know, these these uh, McVay Shanahan systems just keep pumping out offensive coordinators left and right. You know, little white guys who can just call plays, you know, like crazy. And um, you know, I don't know. It, it just it's a, I think it's a disappointing hire for me. I'm sure he's a good coach, but would I like to see you know, seeing them go a different direction? So. Anyway, speaking about different directions, Trevor, I talked a lot of smack on the podcast last week about the wild card round and how upset I was about it, it direction it took in terms of competitiveness. Well, I mentioned at the top of this show, and I'll continue to say this, the divisional round this past weekend was excellent. Um, great weekend of games. Even if you want to say, well, Baltimore and Houston was a blowout. Is 10-10 going into halftime. Um, Baltimore just cranked up whatever they did. They just completely rallied in terms of the way they were playing. You know, they got a lot of momentum, especially coming out of the half, scoring a touchdown. So let's go through each team that lost. Give me uh, what they're supposed to be, what they can be hopeful for and what we're concerned about. So let's start with Houston. What is there to be hopeful for in Houston going into next season with this divisional loss? Oh man. I mean, Houston, (laughs) uh, they just had one of the best, maybe the best uh, rookie season uh, by a, a quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Um, I think the sky's the limit for Houston right now. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of draft capital they're still uh, still have stashed away from the from the big trade. Uh, maybe none, but uh, they have something to build around. Um, and I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, offensive rookie of the year, but also some defensive rookie of the year candidates. It's a young, talented team. So, and they kind of came out of nowhere and took over that division. Now, now all they have to worry about is, you know, whether or not Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars can have a better season next year. But, uh, right now it's looking like their division um yeah if, if i'm if i'm a houston fan i'm real happy with the way things went this year and uh you just got to try and get better uh try and uh try and go deeper into the postseason next year 
Yep. Nope. Steady, steady the course. The, the, the flag is sailing. Um, and hypothetically, you should continue to add to this loaded team. they got a lot of free agents coming out, though. I don't know if you saw that list, but I, I think they'll have some money. So um, hopefully they can commit to some of those free agents. Dalton Schultz, Jonathan Grenard, um, Devin Singletary, a couple other key players they need to resign. But um, what is there to be concerned about with Houston? I mean, with like I kind of already said it. Uh, it I think the slump. only real concern there is uh, whether yeah. or not the Jaguars can uh, – can write their ship uh, because if they can, uh, when it, you know, we saw it at the end of the season last year, we saw them start the season real well this year and not really sure uh, how it all fell apart at the end of this season. But, um, you know, we, we know that the Jaguars have the potential these days uh, to take control of that division. So, so that's, that's uh probably their two most important games on the schedule is uh, that division opponent. <clears throat> okay, so the, the Jaguars coming up the uh, rear end on Houston. And um, I mentioned just so- to potential sophomore slump for C.J. Stroud. We see it all the time. You know, rookies tend to hit big and then you get a little film on them. Maybe they, they don't develop the way they did in their first year because the offensive coordinator's out or something else changes, which is possible. Honestly, with Houston, they could lose their offensive coordinator. And um, I, I think that's a real possibility for Houston. Oh, yeah. So um, if you're a Houston fan, we have taken a lot of digs at you on this podcast. Probably more. And, and not my, not for me, but from the other guy that's on us. <laughs> um, likes, to, <laughs> likes to shoot at Houston quite a bit. And um, we, we've been wrong. I can tell you. Could tell you definitively where we were wrong in this scenario in terms of C.J. Stroud. However, the the the... the the journey to get here with him was very odd. You can't say that's not true because Lovey Smith and a few of the other hirings they've had between then was very strange. But um, they're here, and they have their quarterback of the future, and he's excellent. So, And they just need to get some more pieces around him. Um, Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, up 21-17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, big, pa- big play from Christian McCaffrey. We'll get into Brock Purdy's performance before we talk about these, these championship games. I think it's pretty overrated. But you'll find you'll find my opinion in another column here in a bit. Um, Green Bay, as painful as for you to talk about, Trevor. It's uh, well, you know, they came out came out the end of the season playing excellent. Um, saw some weird things last weekend. What are we hopeful for in terms of Green Bay if you are up there and, and uh, hanging outside of Curly Lambeau's field right now? Right. Um, so. <clears throat> I, I I could be mistaken here, um, but I think Green Bay actually does have the youngest roster, like youngest total roster, um, if not the youngest, very very close to it. Um, so to have as much success as they had this year, uh, there's a lot to be optimistic about. Um, the Green Bay fans. Uh, I try to put myself in their shoes. They're probably tired of hearing about the future. It's always about the future with them, and it's always about next year. Um, and they, they felt that they did not get as many Super Bowls out of the Aaron Rodgers era as they should have. Um, you get no sympathy from me there. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hide it at all, how I feel about Green Bay. Um, this last week leading up to the games last week, uh, 
Um, I kind of reached a tipping point. You know, I, I don't like the Packers, but I love football. I love football. And at a certain point, even a team that you hate becomes undeniable. And that's, that's who the Packers were in the playoffs, in my opinion. It reached a point where I, 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 I wanted them to beat the 49ers because this was a football team that was on that much of a roll. Uh, I said it last week on the podcast. They really crescendoed through the end of the season, which is the, one of the most important factors for having success in, uh, in the playoffs is that you get hot at the right time. And uh, Jordan Love, uh, you know, his, his season stats as a first-season starter are largely going unappreciated by the media. I mean, it's, it's impressive. Um, and it's overshadowed by things like the true rookie in Houston um, doing as well as he did. But Jordan Love, great, great first season as a starter. Um, and again, it is the most important piece of the puzzle. So as much as I wish it wasn't this way, um, man, I, I, I don't even think that they should be afraid of the Lions. I think, uh, I think going into next season, Green Bay is aiming for you know, division championship at the very least. Which uh, which won't be easy because, you know, the the Lions will want to repeat. Um, I'm a Vikings fan. We we feel like, you know, uh, a healthy Kirk Cousins or or even you know a new quarterback. You know, we've got we've got ownership and coach and, and skill players that we really like. Get T.J. Hawkinson healthy, and uh, and we're contenders for the for the division championship. So. Uh, it's, uh, you know, as long as you're not one of these Packer fans that is, uh, disappointed with the amount of success you did have, like there's, there's so much to be excited for, for the, for the Packers. There really is. Uh, and it all starts with Jordan Love. And I, I could, I could talk the entire show about how much an organization doesn't deserve to have another franchise quarterback just one after the other. They're never going to be in a quarterback slump. This, this team that I've, that I've been opposed to my entire NFL fandom, uh, they've just, I mean, I was just a kid when they were killing it with Brett Favre, and now here I am. Uh, I'm going to turn 40 this year, and the Packers have not, had a quarterback slump. It's it's just not fair. Um, anyway, that, as I said I wouldn't go off, uh, so I'm going to move on from that. Uh, the, I've already mentioned they've got a really, really young team. Um, LaFleur has shown himself to be somebody that can get it done without Aaron Rodgers. And uh, you talk about win percentage statistics. He's He's pretty high up there with Jim Harbaugh in terms of, uh, you know, he hasn't been coaching that long, but, and he's had really great quarterback play, but uh, LaFleur is looking like the real deal, you know? Uh, so to have those pieces in place, to have a, a talented young quarterback uh, who's not a rookie um, and, and was, you know, 
backup to a future Hall of Famer and also a uh, a, a somewhat young, uh, excuse me, uh, head coach that uh, is also doing well for your team. I mean, it's, it's a lot to build around, a lot. So, you know, they address some needs, uh, maybe in the defensive secondary. Um, they certainly don't need – I mean, they – they have one of the most underrated young uh, wide receiver cores. Those guys are just incredibly good as a group, and it, and it's balanced. I, I think the reason you don't hear more about Green Bay wide receivers is because they're all great. There's no one real stand. I'm sure I'm sure a, a Packer fan could rank them for me, but uh, but from where I sit, you know. Any one of those guys could emerge as the as the wide receiver one next season, uh, and that's just a great situation to have as, uh, for a football team. Um, anything you're concerned about? I mean, that was a lot. I didn't expect. <laughs> no, sorry. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've love with this team, man. I, I've been uh, I've been thinking about them a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, uh, concern for them is that they are in a really tough division. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions in Minnesota right now, but uh, the verdict is in. The uh, the Lions are a tough team to beat. Um, so, you know, there, there were plenty of seasons where uh, Green Bay just kind of waltzed into a division championship. Not anymore. You have to earn it every year right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm better not to mention the bears. Uh, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's a tough division. So, uh, you have to keep the, you have to keep your foot on the gas. If you, if you want to overtake the lions next season. Um, so let's move on to the, uh, the Buffalo bills, uh, wide, right part two, which is hilarious, but, um, you know, I feel like you weren't if you weren't a Bills fan and you're you know, a Patriots fan or somebody in the AFC East, you would find White Right Part Two very, very funny. It was very funny to me. This team just can't seem to have anything but turmoil and or just disappointment in their the performance of their team. Regardless, it's not about me, Trevor, it's about what we think in terms of their future, things to be hopeful for and not. And I'm sure I know this where this is already going to go. So but Things to be hopeful for or not? What, what is your opinion on, on the Buffalo Bills? Their, uh, their championship window is closed. There you go. Um, yeah, I've said it already. I've said yeah. it already. I'll say it again. Um, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. They're, they're not a Super Bowl team. Um, I, so the, I'm going to skip straight to what you need to worry about. Um, what I'm worried about, if I'm a Bills fan is that they're just good enough, and I know a lot of this as a Vikings fan, they're just good enough that you think you can crack the code for next season and go all the way. Like, that's what we just we just need to figure out this and that, and we'll be good. Oh, another season of making the playoffs but not making it to the Super Bowl. Oh, we just got to do, you know, you know, this is how we're going to get better this year, and then... Uh, and I, I said it at the beginning of the season this year. I didn't see the Bills do anything to get better 
this year from last year. They 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 made one of they had one of the quietest off seasons in the league. Um, now they've made they made a couple moves here and there going into the playoffs to try and really buy in, but uh, I'm worried that the Bills are going to become a team that are decent every year, but believe that they're you know, a half step away from being great when they're really just decent. Um, I, I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Just ask Rob. Um, but uh, it, uh, I feel like they're, I mean, the, the longer a situation like the Bills goes on, uh, the more the, the more the, you know, salary cap is stretched paper thin. Um, and even then, some players, the money isn't enough. Some of your superstars are going to get frustrated with not winning the Super Bowl. Uh, so I just, I, I feel like they, they needed to get it done, and they needed to get it done last year or the year before. Um I know a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, they're going to quote, uh, you know, Josh Allen's stats and, and all this, but uh, I, I don't think Josh Allen's the problem. He can be, but we've seen how that can be fixed. You know, not asking him to do too much. When you ask him to do too much, he throws interceptions. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think... And so the hard part is I don't have the answer for something like that. What are you supposed to do? Bail on a team that made it to the divisional round and start rebuilding? You can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, but uh, I just, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see them make it past the divisional round uh, in the near future. I don't. Hopeful words from a hopeful man. Um, <laughs> finally, the, we already mentioned one part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you should be concerned about if you're a Tampa fan. Um, Dave Canellis, man, no longer the offensive coordinator, not working with Baker Mayfield. But, I mean, just probably a lot of um, unknown going on in Tampa Bay. I mean, not to get to the bad first, but no Mike Evans potentially moving forward. Baker Mayfield's a free agent. So not a lot of cap flexibility, hypothetically. And... Um, so what do we have to be hopeful for in Tampa Bay? Sorry, I took away the first, the second part. But what well, do we have to be hopeful for for in Tampa Bay? Other if than you're the a Tampa Bay fan and alligators, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're a Bucks fan, um, hold on to uh, how good uh, the unanticipated success of this season felt. Uh, because there's really no guarantees going forward. Um, I think Baker Mayfield probably has more reason to feel good about his future there than anybody else does. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's a little early to say Tampa has their next franchise quarterback. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to say that. Um, this is Baker Mayfield. I love him. But uh, you know, we we've yet to see back to back great seasons from this guy. Um, 
we've only seen two good seasons start to finish in his career. Um, I'm very optimistic that he can stick with uh, Tampa Bay and, and, and continue to be what we saw this year. But it's not going to be easy because you've got so many free agents. Um, it's going to be real tough. Because you know, even going into this season, you had a lot, of the, a lot of the pieces still in place from the Tom Brady Super Bowl team. Um, and that was a big part of what made uh, Baker Mayfield great this year, having guys like Evans and Godwin. Um, and then, you know, having, having guys like uh, uh, Levante David. and uh, I can't think of the other linebacker's name, but... Uh, there's a lot of names. That, thank you, Devin White. Um, there's a lot of a lot of guys on defense that you're not you're not gonna be able to pay all of them, and even if you can, uh, it's not a young team. It's not. Mike Evans was this his tenth or eleventh year in the league? Like he, yeah. he seems seems to be ageless, but we know that there's no such thing, not at this level. Um, so whether they, you know sign Evans to a new contract or, or, or part ways with him. Um, Tampa Bay really, really needs to just crush it in the next draft. Um, and, and in, uh, you know, free agent rookies and, and stuff like that, because, uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover on that roster. There just has to be. I, I saw the list. It's a mile long of guys that are free agents now. Um, so, so there's just a lot of uncertainty. And, and they, they have the same reason. You know, I, I say for teams like uh, Carolina and, uh, and Atlanta that they're in a wide-open division well, that that's still a reason to be optimistic if you're a Saints fan or a Bucks fan is uh whatever you're dealing with, you're in kind of a soft division. So uh but yeah, the the thing I'm you know, worried about you know, if if, if you know, I, I'm getting out of order here. Uh the optimism comes from how well Baker Mayfield played. Uh he's a Heisman winning first overall draft pick. Um, who did turn around the Browns. Um, but he'd, he'd been up and down, and he had a great season this year, his best yet. So so you know he still has that potential, that, that aptitude, but no more offensive coordinator. So new offensive coordinator and a lot of turnover on the roster, uh, that's a challenge. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, there's a little more. I feel like uh, the apprehension outweighs the optimism right now for for Bucks fans. No question, we've seen this story before. Basically, in Cleveland for Baker Mayfield, and uh, there is not a chapter two. Let's put it like that. So right, right. Yeah. Thank you for the analysis, and uh, and uh, basically, you're all doomed. That's all I heard, except for Houston. So moving on to. Um, the conference championships game. Excuse me. Moving on to the conference championship games. It's this weekend. 
Um, sadly, the second last weekend of NFL football of the year until August. Um, so buckle up because we got two absolute fire games, man. I mean, you're talking about the two best teams in each division, each conference, excuse me, Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, and San Francisco. They are the t- two best teams in each conference all year round. Um, and uh, somehow we got them to play. Uh, we got them to play. Don't know who, who convinced them to play against one another this weekend, but we're going to see what they can do. Starting off, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens, a four-point favorite to Baltimore over under, I can't see it. There it is, 44-and-a-half. A um, couple of stats, Trevor, if you will, I would like to share them. This is Patrick Mahomes' first game as an underdog. Um, the first time, uh, actually, Buffalo last week, right? Weren't they, they were not favored last week, not favored this week. Two games in a row. First time ever, Kansas City underneath his tutelage has been um, an underdog going into these games. So that's pretty crazy. Two uh, road games in a row for Patrick Mahomes on the road in the playoffs. First time that's ever happened for him as well. Um, and honestly, another interesting stat is that the... Sorry, there's something going on outside my door. My apologies. There's uh, <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a, there's a coyote outside my door. I hope that's not the case. The call is coming so, from anyway. inside the house, Rob. <laughs> I guess so. You know, We're talking all this smack about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and all of a sudden the pirates show up to your house just like that. Just like that. Anyway, got a little distracted. It's another cat outside the, the door. So um, Anyway, so um, yeah. That's, that's the analysis that took my mind off the game, man. I don't even know what I was talking about. So um, a lot of firsts for Patrick Mahomes. Um, lastly, any team that's lost to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs has not won their next game um, since they've made the playoffs the last five or six years. So a lot, lot going against Kansas City, man. And the first time uh, Baltimore's hosted an AFC Championship game, I think ever, right? Because they didn't host yeah, it when no. they went... I think they didn't host right. against Tennessee in 2000. They didn't host the last one. They went, um, I think this is ever. First time they ever hosted AFC Championship game. So this is big. A lot of firsts. So what do you think, man? Uh, I, uh, so, so going back to uh, last week's game, uh, Patrick Mahomes, first time uh, on the road, first time being the underdog. Um, uh, he was quoted as saying, you know, he was, he was looking forward to being the villain, you know, being the out-of-town quarterback in the playoffs to end somebody else's season. I just I just love stuff like that. Um, so hats off to him. He was the villain last week in Buffalo, got the win, is moving on. Um, from that perspective, he's the villain again this week. And I think you're going to see, uh, you know, his A game, uh, but, uh, but I do like the Ravens in this one. Uh, I, th- I think that they're just hands down the most balanced team, uh, of this season and getting healthy too. Uh, Mark Andrews is back. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the Ravens to win this one at home. Uh, Four-point spread. I'm going to take the Ravens to to beat the spread there. I think they win by a touchdown here. Uh, maybe a couple of, you know, maybe a six-point victory. Uh, but I like the Ravens to beat the spread. I'm definitely taking the over. Uh, 
not to disrespect either defense. The Ravens' defense is just incredible. Um, and I, I think they're, that the Chiefs are really going to have a hard time getting Pacheco, uh, Pachenko, Pacheco uh, going against this uh, Ravens' run defense. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely think uh, that 44-and-a-half over-under is a, a little low. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I think uh, the the team beating Buffalo, not winning their next game, I think that continues this round. Uh, and I think we see the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Um, it's a, it, you know, it's hard for me to go against Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this stat. Patrick Mahomes, 15th game on a road trip, meaning he's played two or more games consecutively on the road, 12-2 and two in those games after he's played more than two consecutive games on the road. Um, 3-0 in his last three. In that case, um, here's another stat for Baltimore. They haven't played on the road since Christmas Day. Fourth straight game at home. Uh, Ravens will be the 19th to play their fourth consecutive home game, entering a conference championship game in the last 20 years. And uh, those teams are 3-1. and one. You know the only loss? Can you guess the only loss? What's that? It's a pretty infamous game. The uh, New Orleans Saints at home played the Los Angeles Rams. Do you remember why that game is pretty infamous? No, there was nothing uh, controversial at all about the way that no. game ended. No, 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 pretty clean, pretty clean call. Um, probably the, the best no call, ref game right? I've ever that seen. Was... Yeah, that was the no call defensive pass interference. So that's the only loss, and arguably may have may have been a bad loss. Um, yeah, pretty pretty wild. The 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 uh, well, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself here. I have a really good stab at the Detroit Lions. My bad. Um, finally, right? Finally, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs could be ousted. Uh, the Josh Allen curse holds true. They will not make it to the the conference past the conference championship round this year. Um, however, Trevor, I said this going into the playoffs this year. I I believe it. Um, as much as anything. That's happened this NFL season. The Kansas City Chiefs sleptwalk to the Super Bowl. Uh, they will sleepwalk to the Super Bowl. They have. They sleptwalk to the playoffs. They will continue to to walk on into the Super Bowl because they beat the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Um, I, I, they played in some rigid conditions, difficult crowds, um, and you know, especially Buffalo last week. They persevered. No ref help. I tell you what. If I've I've seen this script before, <laughs> we watched it last year. And if you're trying to tell me there's going to be no ref interference in this game, I, I, I will bet you a lot of money there, there will be. There definitely will be some sort of ref interference. So that's why I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. All right. All uh, not, right. not only because the refs, I think that they're battle-tested. They're awake. They, they're playing. Kelsey looked great last week. Mahomes made a couple of absolutely wild plays. No turnovers. As long as they don't turn the ball over, they beat Baltimore. Um, the momentum on the road, and I think if anybody can handle it, it's Patrick Mahomes. 50-degree weather, I mean, it'll be, like, cloudy. It's 1 o'clock start for here on the West Coast. Uh, was that? That's 3 o'clock on the East Coast. Perfect timing. Um, a little bit of sunlight before the before it starts. The game starts. Not a lot. Of, it'll be a dry field. I think this is Kansas City's game, man. I really do. And I think Baltimore is a great team. Um Lamar Jackson stepped up last week, two rushing touchdowns, 100 yards on the ground. Played Houston, though. It's a different, it's a completely different game when you're playing Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Completely different. You know, absolute stud. 
He's only lost two games ever. Um, three games, right? Didn't, no? They lost the uh, Brady. Yeah, Brady both times. 0-2 against. <laughs> 0-2 in the playoffs against Brady. You know? I, so I'll take him against anybody else. <laughs> but Brady. Um, in general, Patrick Mahomes has been uh, an underdog regular season, postseason combined, 11 times, 11-0 in those games. 11-0. Well, On average, he wins by six points. So yeah. I'll take him. He's not, he's not going to win this Sunday, but... Uh, if, if he does, if he does win, um, I, I definitely think that the winner of this game will be my pick in the Super Bowl, uh, which is not, you know, easy for me to admit because I am an NFC guy. Uh, but I do think these are the two best remaining teams in the playoffs. Uh, so you definitely don't want to miss this game. Um, I, I still feel pretty confident it's going to be a Ravens win. But uh, for all the reasons Rob just mentioned, no one should be surprised if we see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Can't see one. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> the Detroit Lions on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Seven-point favorite San Francisco. Over under 51.5. And let me give you this big old stat before we get rolling here with predictions. The San Francisco 49ers were favored in all 17 regular season games. And they were the favorites to win the Super Bowl entering the playoffs. They are the 10th team to accomplish both in the same season since 1980. The Niners have done it five times, and the rest of the NFL has also done it five times. Seven of the previous nine teams to make the Super Bowl, including five straight teams in the last 30 years. 4-1 at all. 95 Cowboys, 94 Niners, 91 Washington Redskins, 84 Niners. Here we are, 30 years later, right? This Niners team, and... Previously, the last team to have that stat, the New England Patriots lost in 2017 to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, here we are with the 2023 Niners, just as dominant as those Patriots were. Dominant, sorry, meant to say it like that. And um, well, um, seven-point favor against Detroit. What do you think? Yeah, so if I could pick a team out of these four teams to win the Super Bowl, it would be the Lions. Um, I just, I just love, uh, you know, the, the turnaround and, you know, haven't been there yet. I haven't won it. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, man, the, the Lions hosting this game, it's huge for them. The 49ers, uh, I'm not as bullish on the 49ers as as the average uh, NFL analyst. Um, they just, they they feel a little bit to me, and they, they have for, for a few years now. Uh, they kind of feel like, uh, like the Moneyball Oakland A's, where it, it's a formula that gets you a lot of regular season wins, but when you get to the playoffs, it's just not going to quite do it for you. Um, I do have to pick them to win this game. I don't think I I'll, I'll take the lions to cover that spread. I think it's a close game. Um, and I am going to go under here. I'm taking the under on the 51 and a half. I think we're going to see a lot of defense in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of, 
uh, you know, get the get the ball to playmakers in space, uh, creative run schemes, um, and uh, I'm not underselling Brock Purdy's ability to stretch the field. A lot of people do. They call him, uh, you know, the check down king or something like that. But uh, he actually can uh, quite effectively throw downfield. Uh, even so, I think this is a little lower scoring uh, than 51 and a half. Um, it's going to be a brutal game. This is going to be a very physical game. Um, I'd love to see the Lions win. I just can't can't put my money on it. I think the 49ers win uh, by less than seven. I think it's uh, you know a three to six point victory there. Um, and the Lions, man, uh, it's going to be heartbreaking, uh, because this is, this, they're, they're so close. Um, I'll be rooting for them on Sunday, but, uh, but I don't think they're going to get all the way to the big show. I think it's going to be Ravens 49ers, um, or even Chiefs 49ers, uh, but uh, yeah, I just can't. It, it it actually is very. This is a really good matchup. I think it's going to be very close. But uh, yeah, I, I like the I like the Forty ers to win this one. <laughs> well, you waited all this time to hear my Brock Purdy uh, review, right? I I don't know how you can't tell me that Brock Purdy didn't play one of the worst games you'd ever seen in a divisional round last week, despite his stats. I thought he was terrible. I thought he underthrew a bunch of bunch of players. Um, I thought he threw a lot of balls in the ground. I thought he missed a lot of guys that were open down the field. Um, yeah, man, system quarterback. I mean, most of them are. right. Even Brady was to a large degree. Um, this, if the system works, of course, the quarterback designs it, right? But... Right. Um, I thought he was bad, man. I thought he's bad. I thought Jared Goff played pretty well, except he almost threw the threw the game away at the end, you know. And um, if you had to ask me between the battle of suck here, which one I would rather take in terms of quarterback position? I mean, it's Jared Goff. I mean, and and Debo Samuel's hurt. Hish McCaffrey, you know, late in the, you know, he played well last week, but you know, physical defense in Detroit. Um. I like I, I like this Detroit team, and here's something that's interesting. Indoors, right? Thirty six and seventeen, Jared Goff indoors. Outdoors, thirty four and thirty five. Thirty four and thirty five outdoors for Jared Goff. This season, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Indoor, outdoors, indoors. Of course, they play in a dome, right? And uh, in Detroit, twenty eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. So a lot going against him in terms of. His play indoors, however, and in addition to that, the Niners sacked the opposing quarterback 5% rate this year, um, highest in the NFL. But when Goff faces a team that, that sacks quarterback at a five, has sacked him at a 4% or higher rate this year, he's 28-16, excuse me, in his career, 28-16-1 in his career, 15-4 and four as a Lion, 7-1 and one this season. Taking the Detroit Lions. Good. Taking the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I hope you're. I really hope you're right. You know? I do. I do. Yeah. I. I almost. I. So I. I'm. I'm taking the 49ers because I. I almost feel like I'm too, emotionally invested in this Lions team. 
Um, yeah. Man, I would love to see them win and go to the big show. Uh, I would love a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl, and, and then I would be rooting for the Lions, even though I'd be believing in the Ravens. Um, uh, I know we're running out of time here. There's one uh, stat uh, that I'd like to, uh, to throw out to our listeners. I don't think I brought it up last week. Uh, it's a regular season stat, but uh, it has a lot of relevance going into this weekend. Um, the Ravens averaged over 25 points a game this year. Um, they also had the number one run defense and the number one scoring defense. Uh, this has only happened two times in the NFL era before this year. And those two teams are the 1972 Dolphins and the 1985 Dup Bears, uh, arguably two of the greatest teams ever. I mean, if you're a fan of those teams, you make your case for them being the greatest team ever. Um, and the Ravens, that, that's a pretty elite category statistically. Uh, I know that that's, it's a regular season statistic and anything can happen in a single game of football. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a believer right now in the Ravens. Um, Goff has faced Shanahan and San Francisco four times in his career. 16, 31, 39, and 41 points he scored um, as a team. 32 points per game against San Francisco in his career. Um, just keep adding to my Detroit Lions prediction here. Um, unfortunately, however, this year, you know, um, on the road, it's been a little rough for him, Jared Goff. Um, historically, it's tough for any team to, and I'm trying to find the stat here, I'm sorry I had it right in front of me, to travel from a different time zone to the other one. Um, only one team over the last 15 years has traveled from one time zone to another and won the conference championship game. Here's the last one I'll give you. Um, this is kind of a fun one for Trevor and I being historians of the NFL. Um, the Lions have lost nine straight road games. Their last road playoff game came in. Came, road playoff win came in 1957 on the road against the 49ers <laughs> in San Francisco. So um, nice, he, nice, yeah, yeah. Do you <laughs> I know like who the, it a lot. Uh, I tell that, you, do you know his good stuff? That's kind of a fun one. Do you know um, who the starting quarterback for San Francisco was in 1957? I have no idea. It'd be fun if we had something to give away for this one. But um, Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle was the starting quarterback for San Francisco. All right. Good old Tittle. Hall of Famer, Y.A. Tittle. Yep. Um, Yeah, so I I wish I had more to throw out here. Um, I just, I'm going to take Detroit, man. And I'm not trying to go against the grain by picking the, the underdogs here, but I'm taking Detroit. And I don't, I can't pick the over under and spread because I'm already going against the grain. But I'll, I'll take them. Um, my last stat, and I know I said that's it, but I'll put out one last one. Um, Jared Goff, um, and I just had it here. Um, one of the only quarterbacks, here he is. Jared Goff is one of three quarterbacks to lead his team to 14 plus wins in a season for multiple franchises. Goff did it twice with the Lions and the Rams. Brady did it with the Patriots and the Bucks, And Paint Manning did it with the Colts and the Broncos. <laughs> so somewhere in the NFL record books, Jared Goff is right up there with Brady and Paint Manning for one stat. <laughs> You're welcome. That's, uh, that's, that's the NFL for you. 
Um, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, just looking at the the possibilities here, you know, uh, if Rob is right and we get Lions Chiefs, I'd be so excited. Um, yeah. Ravens 49ers, I'll enjoy. Ravens Lions would be great. I think my last choice, and I I, I can get excited about it, but what what I don't want to see is this uh, Chiefs Niners rematch. Um, rematches can be fun. If that's what we get, I'll get excited about it. I'll get up for it. Uh, but right now I'm really hoping for something a little more fresh than a Chiefs Niners Super Bowl rematch. Likewise. Um, one more. I swear this is it. I just think okay, this is okay. hilarious. I, I'm loving these. Go- I'm loving these. Jared, Jared, <laughs> Jared Goff will be the fifth quarterback to take two different franchises to the conference championship game this century. You won't believe this list. So once again, Jared Goff's going to be in the same, the same NFL record book as Tom Brady. He took the Patriots and the Bucks. Peyton Manning took the Broncos and the Colts. Brett Favre took the Brett Vikings Favre, and the Packers. Yeah. Kurt Warner took the Rams and the Cardinals, and then Jared Goff, four Hall of Fame oh quarterbacks, and Jared, God. <laughs> and Jared that Goff. That list. That <laughs> list. Oh man, just uh, incredible. Incredible. Well, we got, incredible I got, stats. I, I got to start stat. putting more respect on Jared Goff's name. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just incredible. I, you know, and, and you could you could probably make an argument that he's underrated, and I, I think that's fair because if you if you you put that trade against side by side him and Stafford, and you'd be like, well, Stafford's a better quarterback, and I mean, no, I don't think anybody could argue with that. But you can't tell me that he hasn't played well, and he's been a leader for that team, and at times he's been easy to make fun of. And I don't think anybody's going to tell you he's anything but oh. maybe a top twelve quarterback. But no, you um, you don't have to look very far to find a lot yeah. of teams that would be happy to have him under center next season. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I I think we would. I mean, I know Minnesota probably would too. If you we were oh yeah advocating for either of our favorite teams. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I'll take Jared Goff tomorrow and thirty touchdowns, twelve interceptions this year. You know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I'll take that production. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and it, it's ironic. It's just strange that you know he's you're we're, even if he does nothing, if he like plays this game is terrible. If you go back to the NFL record books, he never does anything ever again. You go back in the NFL record books in ten years. Granted, there could be other quarterbacks that are up there, but Jared Goff will be up there with four Hall of Fame quarterbacks and two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in two categories that you would never see him. You would ever think to see him in, and here he is. Yep. So no, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> yep. So I, I believe in golf, baby. That's that's what I got. So um, and I'll take Detroit, and we have Detroit Kansas City Super Bowl, and that's a re. I don't. I want to see a stat on this, but a rematch of Week One. Oh yes, yes, that would be so cool. Yeah, before Taylor Swift was involved. Yep. So we'll, we'll have to deal with that. <laughs> And uh, hopefully the misery will be ended. And I can't pick against Kansas City, so um, I've just hopped. We'll continue to endure it. And if you want to blame anybody for them winning, you can blame me. <laughs> Until next time, Trevor. Do you have anything else to say to the folks here? Oh, just uh, like I mean, I, I'm a broken record this time of year. Don't miss a moment of football because uh, it's it's almost over. And and this is. This is the best football you can can you know every week we're just you know distilling the best that this league has to offer uh so don't let it pass you by 
No question. And um, easy to sit on a couch this weekend for at least six hours on Sunday. While you have the Sunday scaries, you'll just disassociate and watch NFL football. Probably use some sick time or PTO so you don't have to work the next day. Um, well, and uh, man, until next week, dude, enjoy all the games. CBS and Fox will carry them, NFL app. Of course, you can probably get them on uh, some other service somehow or whatever you stream for free. Um, until then, uh, we'll cover the Super Bowl, the results next week. We'll be back. Yeah. Until then, we're yeah, out. I, I think I'll be calling in sick oh. on Monday. <laughs> you will be. Okay. Well, there you go. There is a confirmed. In case there's any Eagle employees here, you've heard it here first. So, <laughs> until then. <laughs>